Um, look, in those moments that are just difficult and painful, there, there's this magic word and it's called choice. And it's like in those moments where it's just hard, um, we have a choice and we've got to make a decision. Like I either tap out or I just find some way to push through it to get to the other side. We're for a treat. We got Roger Kitchen here. Now, Roger and I used to work at NASA together and uh, we, we used to share this really small little office and, and we used to talk about um, like developing people and teams and high performance stuff. We we're really into it. And um, Roger went ahead and he's, he's working with a really big consulting firm and, and he also started his own um, mental performance program. It's called Power Mental Performance and he works a lot with uh, high school athletes, a lot of top, uh, you know, athletes in the state of Alabama. And then he's also a powerlifting champ. I mean, he's nationally ranked and uh, he still competes. He still trains. And something that I really appreciate about Roger is not only his humility towards um, just life and his philosophy. And what I really, I mean, I use I use Roger as an example. So Roger, I'm putting you on the spot. So that's all right. Anytime I think of someone who has like great ethics and morals and is just so consistent and like uh, disciplined, when I think of that person, I think of Roger Kitchen. And so um, we're gonna we're in for a treat because we're gonna hear from Roger and his philosophies around greatness and kind of how he approaches this whole topic of greatness, which is a really big topic, but he really breaks it down for us. Uh, again, as a power lifter, for those that aren't familiar with powerlifting, it's competition with squat, bench, and deadlift. And it's real simple. Person that lifts the most wins. It, it's really that simple. But it's very similar to your sport of golf in the sense it's an individual sport. Um, we are very much on stage. So like, you know, when you go to these competitions, I've competed at North American level and national level, lots of spectators, you're judged. So you go on a platform, you, you do these movements and you're being judged. Uh, your lift either is good or bad. And, but you have everybody looking at you and like the focal point, you don't, you can't blend into a team. And so it's just you and the barbell and with, with the golfers on the call, it's, it's you and your club. Um, and you just get after it and you find a way to just work your process and take, you know, just one swing at a time, one hole at a time. And, uh, you know, hopefully we enjoy the process as we go through it. So here's what I want to do for you tonight. Um, I want to give you guys insight into my world in terms of my own mental preparation. But as I studied great athletes and I looked at the, at, I looked at their processes uh, when you think of the great athletes of all time across all sports, obviously in golf, it was Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, and, and a couple others that just were, they separated themselves from the competition because of their mental performance. We look at the Tom Brady's, Peyton Manning's, uh, when we, we look at tennis, Serena Williams, soccer, Mia Hamm, uh, there's just a lot, uh, you know, in the Olympics, Simone Biles. So what is it about these great athletes that just they have the ability to separate themselves from a competitive mindset to others. And so really what I want to talk with you guys tonight is 
these are things I wish I would have heard when I was your age or even younger, because I threw away a lot of athletic and academic opportunity uh, because I didn't have, I didn't have discipline. I didn't have a work ethic when I was young. Um, I wasn't committed. I was really immature, irresponsible. And I really f- wish somebody kind of grabbed me by the, the, the scruff of the shirt and said, Roger, you have a lot of potential if. Now, if somebody describes you like that, there's only two words you want after the word potential. It's because or if. They say Matt Park's got potential because he's got a strong work ethic. He's dedicated. He gets good grades. He stays out of trouble. He just, he works hard. He, you know, he does all these positive things. If they use the word if, which was how they described me, you're in trouble. Cause they were like, Roger Kitchen's got potential. If he would be more committed to his academics, if he was more uh, disciplined, if he had a better work ethic, if he would just work harder, if he would stay out of trouble, um, you know, these are just things that I wish I heard at your age. And I want to pour into you tonight, uh, my 10 keys to achieving greatness. So let me go ahead and share my screen and let's see if we can't get this rolling. So Matt, just let me know if you guys can see it. All right. We're good. Yep. We're good. Okay. So here's the deal. When you, when you really get back and keep it simple, when all those people that I named off that are just elite athletes that just kind of operated a little differently. Um, they had this thing that I call passion. You know, they had, you talk to, you listen and talk to some of the greats and they were just passionate about their sport. Many felt like it was a calling. Um, Wayne Gretzky, who's a hall of famer, hockey player, um, talked about how he just, he just loved to play. Like nobody had to force him. Nobody had to put a schedule around him. He just naturally loved it. So like when his friends would go to the movies, he's like, I'd rather spend two hours, you know, shooting pucks and playing hockey. Um, And so a lot of those great athletes and even us, we may not have that name, right? Of like Tiger, Jack Nicholas, or some of the other greats, but we can have a calling and we can have a passion for what we do. Um, and really think about your why. Like, why are you even playing golf? What is the reason? What's that compelling purpose? What is driving you in order to play your sport? And so we have to really think, diff, you know, deep about that and really get that solid. You know, to Matt, I'm, I'm flattered by the words that you describe me and I'm humbled by that. Um, that came out of not being like that, you know, many years ago. So Matt and I shared an office. We were there for years and he saw me just about every day, go to the gym, come back, go to the gym, come back, train, train, train. Um, Matt was instrumental in helping me get back into powerlifting because I did a little bit of it in college. And then, you know, life hits, you graduate, married, have family, 24 years go by. And I go, I feel like God wants me to get back into powerlifting. And Matt was right there. And we had a lot of conversations in that office. And it really just got, and I was like, this stuff's awesome. Like every power lifter needs it. And then I was like, man, every athlete needs it. And that's kind of how power mental performance got birth was out of conversations with Matt, but it was the passion. It was that calling. It was that deep intrinsic motivation that just got me out of my chair every day to go put myself through some really grueling workouts to where I kind of stumbled back into the office Uh, But doing it and just being consistent day in, day out, day in, day out. When that intrinsic why is answered and when you have that calling and when you 
feel that passion and you just, you, you really do kind of love your sport, man, the motivation's there then. So when you see people that aren't motivated, they, they haven't answered the why, they haven't dug deep, they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. It could be for the parents, it could be for the wrong reasons. Um, and, you know, but that, that sense of why and purpose really drives the motivation. And then, man, once you got that, that calling the passion and that motivation's there, now we can do something special with that because now any of us, regardless of age, where we live, what our backgrounds are, greatness is not a discriminator. Like it doesn't matter what our gender is, our backgrounds, our ethnicity, any of us can be great. And it just doesn't matter where we come from or how we were raised. We can make a choice like that young lady in that CrossFit video. In that tough moment, she made a choice. And she said, I'm just going to lean in and I'm just going to do it. So look, the passion, motivation. So what I want to break down, and, and this is how I came up with the system. So last year, as I was preparing to go to the United States Powerlifting Association's drug tested North American Championships, I sat there January of last year. So almost going on two years ago, I said, what do I need to tell myself in order to do something great? You know, I'm the most famous nobody's ever, most famous person nobody's ever heard of. Powerlifting is not a popular sport. But I sat there and I said, what do I need to do in order to hit my goals this year and be successful in powerlifting? So I came up with 10 keys. Five are common. They're things that we hear all the time. And then there's five that I think are uncommon. They're talked a little bit about, but they're not really talked a lot about. And so the first common key, and we just can't get away from it. All the greats do it. They just practice. And then they practice more. And then they practice even more on that. And so there's just lots of hours practicing, practicing, practicing. And they're doing what Matt and I would say is deliberate practice. They have coaches. They get feedback. It's real time. It's beneficial. It's not done just in isolation. But there is a real system to the practice. And the great ones just practice. Uh, and they figure out a way to kind of master the mundane because uh, some, you know, there's just seasons of practice and training that are just better than others and feel good. And other ones, you just kind of got to push through. But there's nobody that's ever achieved something great, bigger than themselves, unless they were just willing to practice, practice, and then practice some more. The other one is be smart. Like you have to have a high golfer IQ. Uh, in, in any sport, uh, you if you play basketball, you got to have a high basketball IQ. You've got to know your sport. You've got to you got to have that high IQ and study it. Study the great ones. Have mentors, coaches, people that support you. But you really have to be a student of the game. Uh, Bill Belichick, the famous uh, coach in the NFL, who's won so many Super Bowls, his two things that set him apart from a lot of other coaches. One was his work ethic and two was his ability to study film. He was just smarter than other coaches. He was a huge student of the game. And that's my challenge uh, for you tonight. Really study your sport, have a high golfer IQ. Next is focus. And basically what we mean by this is you're not distracted. You're able to put your attention on things over long periods of time. You're able to set goals and follow through. You're re you really get simple 
in terms of what's going to help me accomplish what I want to accomplish and what's going to distract me. And once you label those distractions, they're done, you know, and it's just the ability to be focused on what you want, the ability to focus on the goals that you want to achieve. And then you just set out, but it's, it's the ability to not be distracted. So the great ones are just focused, like they're laser focused. Fourth is disciplined. So again, these are common keys. Like these are just things that have to be there. Uh, it's, it's really hard for people to achieve anything significant if they're not disciplined. To Matt's point, you know, going to work out every day at the same set time. And there were lots of things that I sacrificed. A lot of friends of ours would go out to lunch. Roger, you want to go out to lunch? Can I'm going to work out. Um, and it was the discipline of just doing kind of the same thing day in, day out. But I knew what I wanted and I had a goal that I wanted to accomplish. And I really kind of woke up last year and I'm like, I just want to wake up and do something that's bigger than me because most people don't wake up and and do what I do. And most people don't wake up and do what you do. You think about the money and the time and the sacrifice and those things that you guys are willing to let go of and not be distracted by in order to accomplish like that's significant and getting out and getting in the swings and getting on the course and doing what you need to do to be an exceptional golfer, the, the discipline just has to be there. Very few people accomplish anything significant if they're undisciplined. And then I think the last common key is just work hard. And, you know, time and time again, I'm a reader, but I'm not a strong reader. But I find myself, I, I can easily watch documentaries, I can easily watch biographies of people, listen to podcasts watch a lot of TEDx talks. There's things that I can leverage because I'm not a super strong reader, but when I look at some of, there's a great documentary series that came out about Derek Jeter for the New York Yankees. It's called the captain. And he, you know, the one thing that stood out to me through that, that series about him was just his work ethic. I mean, he, he was just a grinder. Um, He was just willing to do what others weren't, you know, it's the early to the field, do the workout, stay late. You know, it's those things that what would that look like in your world if we just worked hard? And so many athletes that I see and even talk to, they're like, I may not be the most talented, but I can work. And over time, I think that work ethic has a tendency to push the talented people out because sometimes the ones that have talent, they can plateau, they can move out of the sport, they can have other reasons for not, you know, progressing, but the ones that work hard just seem to be the ones that just kind of get the job done. And so my, you know, my, my challenge to you is continue just to work hard, just, you know, those common keys, just keep doing them. And it's just like laying one brick at a time on a building. And if you just keep putting one brick at a time on a wall, one brick at a time on a building over time, over time, over time, over time, you're going to see that you're just going to start picking away some of those folks that you looked at and were like, man, they're phenomenal golfers. A couple of years pass and you're like, wow, I'm like right there. I may be a little bit better than them. And now let's talk about some of the uncommon keys. So again, these are sort of talked about, but not really, but Again, this was very much a personal journey for me last year. And I said, what do I need to do to do something great this year? And, you know, the next one 
have fun and find joy. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I stole this from Steve Kerr, coach of the Golden State Warriors. This is one of his core values for the Golden State Warriors. And if you follow basketball, uh, Matt's familiar with them because they're from his hometown, near his hometown. They've won multiple NBA championships. He was an elite player in the NBA, won championships with Michael Jordan. Now he's the coach. But he, the thing he instills in his team is, look, we're going to practice, practice, practice. We're going to be focused, disciplined. We're going to work hard. We're going to be smart. But we have to find ways in order to keep our sport fun because um, my personality type is easy to burn out. And so I got to really find ways to keep it fun, <coughs> excuse me, and find just some joy in the process and know when I'm hitting that red line, like mentally and emotionally, where I've just got to back off and just do something I enjoy. It could be go to the movies with my, I've got two boys, they're older. We love movies. We've, we've gone and seen many Marvel movies together. So we find ways to just kind of disconnect where we need to so that we just don't burn out. And it's going to look different for everybody. So you just got to kind of figure that out for yourself. And the biggest thing is humility. You know, we don't talk about it, you know, so can you, can you achieve something great and be a hall of famer or an elite athlete and lack humility? Absolutely. But do you want to be remembered that way? And so, you know, when somebody looks at you, the, the, the athletes that I taught, even at the high school level, the college level, the ones that are doing great, you know, they're performing well, the coaches that I work with, the ones that I love to be around, they just have a little, they have that sense of humility. They think of others. They think less of themselves. They're not grandstanding. They're not looking for attention. Um, but they just, they just have a genuine humility about themselves. And it's really, again, you can achieve a lot of great things in your life and be completely prideful. But do you want to be really remembered that way? So I would just say, you know, strive to be humble. Think less of yourself, more of others. So here's one. Um, that when I post this on social media, got the most attention out of all the 10 keys and be greater than your pain. And let me tell you what I mean by that. It's not playing through injury. If you're injured, take care of yourself. So this isn't about being reckless with your body and your health, especially your mental health. Um, but this is like when things just get tough, who's going to, who's going to push through it? The, the video is that you showed Matt was just spot on in those moments. We have a choice. And it's either I'm going to just lean in and I'm going to push through this pain. It could be mental pain, could be emotional pain, could be physical pain, spiritual pain. <clears throat> but the athletes that seem to separate themselves from others, they, they got a high tolerance for like that threshold for discomfort. And that, you know, my youngest son's a cross country runner. He's running in college. <clears throat> and some of those great runners, those long distance runners, they're wired different. They've got a high pain threshold. It's pretty amazing what they're willing to endure and push through. So what does that kind of look like in golf? I think, you know, when you look at tournaments on TV, and I love to watch golf. My, my boys make fun of me because they're like, Dad, you're watching golf again? I'm like, I love it because I love the mental aspect of the game. And I'm studying the golfers and I'm seeing how they respond to situations. And they're in the final round and the weather has been brutal for two to three days. And they're sore, they're sunburnt, or they've, you know, they're over in Europe and they've maybe, you know, it's been 
the weather's been cold and they froze for three days. And it's like, how do you manage that discomfort? How do you push through, you know, wind and rain or hot temperatures and high humidity uh, and golfers get injured, you know? So how do you push through a lot of that stuff in order just to accomplish what you want? The great ones just figure it out. And, you know, it, uh, we say it's the long game. You know, if you want to, if you want to do anything significant, nothing happens overnight. Nothing happens usually within a year. They say it takes 10 years to become an overnight success in business. So it's really the endurance and perseverance. You got to have a persevering spirit to just stick with it. You got to have that endurance and that mindset. That's like, I'm in it for the long haul. It's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And the, you know, you can do something great in the short term, but you know, this is about not quitting. And so learning when you want to quit and you have that choice and you don't quit, you're building that. I'm not going to quit muscle. So you're just building that muscle of I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to endure. I'm just going to persevere. And I, I promise you the ones that endure and persevere are always blessed. They are always rewarded. Uh, I've never seen anybody uh, at the high school and college level that when they didn't endure and persevere through something that they weren't rewarded on the other side. It's difficult now. So pay, pay the price now in order to get what you want later. You know, if you don't pay the price now, you're going to pay it later. And it's just going to slow down our process to do something great and significant. And then last and not least, you know, this is, kind of a fancy term, get relational support, but uh, I love watching mixed martial arts. So I'm a UFC junkie. If you think about UFC fighters, even boxers, they have a corner and everybody in that corner has a, a role. You have a striking coach, you have a grappling coach, you have a cut man. Um, you have a lot of times the mental performance and mental skills coaches are sitting in that corner and that fighter has a team around him or her that help them succeed. And so um, I would jump to the conclusion and, and make the right assumption that most of the, everybody on this call has a team, has a corner. They've got Matt Park and they've got, you know, the MPGA, you know, helping them. And hopefully you've got supportive parents and relatives and friends and coaches that are just in your corner to help you. Hopefully you've got some friends that uh, push you and somebody you can talk to and, uh, you know, the, these things that just make the journey easier, it's really hard to do something great if we're trying to do it alone. It just doesn't work. Um, again, I'm kind of a sports fanatic. I love tennis. Novak Djokovic, one of the greatest right now, is known for almost having an entourage with him as he goes to tournaments. Now, we may not have entourages, and we may not have our portable pod that we take with us everywhere we go for our, our physical wellness, but the, the, the spirit is there that we, we need people, you know, in order to do something significant, we have, to, we need people. So I'm going to show you kind of where this model came from. And this was just me with a Sharpie on a piece of paper last year. And I just drew it out because I said, all right, what does Roger Kitchen need? this year to ac accomplish his goals. And I just scribbled it out. And this actually, to this day, still st I have it taped to my squat rack in my garage because I train out of my, my home. Uh, there's a powerlifting gym near me that I go train at sometimes. 
but I look at this every day and, you know, here's the thing, not every, there's plenty of days I walk in there and I'm like, I do not feel like training today. I just, I don't want to do it. Um, some days are easier than others, but I look at this, the, the 10 keys and I'm like, well, what do I need today? Some days I just need to persevere and endure. Other days I'm like, I just need to have fun. Excuse me. Other days I just need to be focused. And so some days I work in there and I'm like, I'm not feeling it, but I just got to work hard. And so I would encourage you to come up with your list. What is it that you need to do this year in order for you to accomplish your goals? You can steal mine. I love it. Take it, run with it. But may, you know what, what else would you add to it? Take away. And for every golfer, every person on the call tonight, what is it that you need to do in order to accomplish what you want to accomplish this year? And even maybe long-term, you know, what is it you need to do? What are these behaviors and these keys that you need to be successful? So, so I'm going to very much steal, started out of my garage. I'm going to steal number two. Don't be a jerk. That's I'm going to take that from you, Roger. So don't be mom, a jerk. I, I replace that one with be humble, be uh, humble, but it's already up there, but I, I mixed and matched, but yeah, don't be a jerk. Um, you know, just kind of be a, you know, be humble, be a good person. I love that. Um, but you know, Matt, that, that's my, that was my journey last year. That's how I came up with these keys. And then I started, you know, for, as a mental skills coach, I started taking it and using it with teams. Cause I said, unless we do these things, we're just not going to get to where we need to get. These are the, this is the foundation for greatness. Um, I haven't seen any, you know, elite athlete, not do these things in order for them to get to where they needed to be. So, um, you know, Matt with that, I'll, uh, I'll kind of pause for the cause and let you guys react to it or take any questions or just, you know, kind of continue the discussion. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's stop sharing your slides so we can get everyone on. And, um, you know, I'm going to just check in with the group. So one of the things that I, I loved about, so really think about what resonated with you and think about greatness and the journey towards greatness for for your own life. But one thing that I hear a lot in the research is the humility and it's surprising. Um, and think about this for your own game and for your own lives. Sometimes when we're over a shot, like, or, or we're playing really well, sometimes we, we get a little too cocky or overconfident. Confidence is great, but it doesn't have to be in your face type of confidence. It can be that quiet confidence. And it's, just, it's almost like, yeah, you know, I, I can, I can do this. Yeah. I mean, like I, I got this, I, I can, you know, regardless of what happens, Rather than, <laughs> yeah, this piece of cake, you know, it, it, it's a different approach to the, to the shot, to the process. And I think with humility comes naturally growth mindset. And I love, I love that. I love the uncommon keys. We hear the discipline, the hard work and, you know, practice, practice, practice. We, we all know that it's hard to do, but that's definitely what separates the greats from average Joe and Jane. But the uncommon keys, uh, th those really stood out to me, especially the having fun and joy. If we're not having fun, it's all work and we get burnt out, like you said. So Yeah, there's, there's times I hit that red line mm -hmm. during my training over the last, so 
think Matt, this is year seven for me. And I remember last year I hit a spot where like after a competition, I didn't touch a weight for like a month because I had just, I had pushed too much and it was just, I was in, I wasn't in a good place mentally and emotionally. And I'm like, I just can't be around the barbell anymore. Yeah. And I literally didn't work out for like 30 days. And then as I, as kind of, I kind of got the mojo back a little bit. And once I, I'd really just did other stuff just to have fun and not kind of be a slave to the schedule and a slave to the training. And then, you know, I got, got, was able to reset and then, you know, but it was a learning lesson for me that, you know, there's times we push too hard. Yeah. Yeah. So what stood out to, you know, I'll open it up to the troopers and and guests, but what, what stood out to you guys? Yeah, Christian. Um, I think one big thing is the persevering part because um, you, know, you can get really hard on yourself sometimes or you can get really burnt out. And I think that part is just really important, especially for me. Yeah, the persevering and, and how easy it is to get burnt out. And, and when we practice, when we go there pounding balls and we're out there, sometimes it's no fun, right? we're not having any fun and we, it's almost like we just want to quit. Um, and we, it's not helpful. We're not progressing. We're, we're not having fun. We're not growing. It's stalemate. We're just, you know, actually sometimes getting worse if we're approaching practice with that type of attitude, but it's hard to get out of that. So switching it up, having a little bit more fun, um, and then persevering through, you know, the pain, like what you talked about, be greater than your pain. I love that. So I, I, I coached a place kicker uh, early on in power mental performance and he really struggled with it. He had kind of a perfectionistic bend to him where like, if the results just didn't match what he wanted, he was devastated. Felt like he was letting his team down. And I, you know, after we started working together, we got some good processes in place, some good habits and routines and some good rituals for him to lean on. And, you know, he, he really kind of overcame that. And then we got to the have fun. And I told him, I said, and do trick shots, just go out on the football field and do these trick football. I've said, I've seen them in videos, but you go do them. I'm like, just go do these trick shots out on the football field, kicking, you know, field goals just to have fun, you know, you know, do it for five, 10 minutes before you as a warm up. <clears throat> but it was a way to break that cycle and where he gave himself permission. I'm just going to have fun for 10 minutes. I'm going to try these trick shots. And it was really helpful for him. Yeah. I was just talking with an MPGA trooper um, yesterday and they we were talking about, um, really getting distracted during practice and checking their phone, constantly going to their phone, looking at their phone, hitting a couple shots and going back to their phone. And they were saying, I think I'm addicted to my phone, but really it's, it's not about the phone. It was just practice was boring. Nothing was really stimulating them when they're playing on the course. They're hardly looking at the phone because it's, it's fun. They're playing competitive games. So we were talking about, okay, how could you, uh, create practice 
and create little games and challenges for yourself where you're just making practice fun. You're going on the range and you're, you know, instead of just hitting ball after ball, working on your technique, could you try to hit some trick shots? Like you said, or, or maybe curve your ball practice, you know, going from left to right three times and hitting it high, hitting it low. Um, Tark Woods has that, the grid. I don't know if you've ever seen the grid, but he hits low draws, a straight draw, oh. a low fade, a, a, a medium, like a ball flight. So in the middle, a draw, middle fade, and then a high draw, and then playing kind of like tic-tac-toe. So um, have fun. Try to play little games with yourself and challenge yourself so that you can change. They say this in, in presentations. So this is for all you all. If you ever have a presentation at school or at work, to in order for you to break the tedium means to break the boringness of your presentation, change the medium. Meaning if you're talking for about eight, eight minutes and you're starting to lose people, then all of a sudden here, here's a presentation uh, technique. We ask a question to the audience and we just switch it up where we ask them to engage if we're losing them. So in order for you to break the tedium, change the medium. Sometimes a lot of people show videos during the middle of a talk just to kind of switch the different input that people are receiving. Same thing with practice. When you're just hitting balls after balls after balls after balls, it, it, it just gets really boring. So change the, the medium, meaning go to the chipping green and just chip a few and then come back to the range uh, to, to break that tedium. Yeah, I like that. Any anything that breaks the routine, and it can still be beneficial. Yeah. What about others? When you think about greatness, when you think about Roger's presentation, what what comes to mind for you all? Well, for me, uh, not one stuck out because I think they're all important, and I think you have to have balance. So maybe it's recognizing which ones you're strong at, which ones you have opportunity to work on. But they, you know, it's like eating a meal, you know, you want a balanced meal. So not one stuck out. It's the, it's a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. And you know, the, the one thing that I, I I like that analogy, it's kind of a la carte, right? What do you need for the day? Um, And when I would go train and I got that, my original out there, you know, that I did with the Sharpie and a highlighter, I'm like, what do I need for today? And it was, you pick one or two and that's just where you go. And it just helps. I like that. So, so Roger, I have a question for you. Is there, um, is there a moment that you decided, like, what made you write out these 10? Because something was driving you to, like, want to achieve this, this greatness, right? I mean, we all have ideas of what we want to achieve maybe in the short term. But you had this idea of something that was kind of bigger than yourself and you're coming at it from such a different perspective than I'm just going to go and see how well I can practice today. What, what was that moment or what was that driving force that said, I want to achieve something great. How do I get there? Yeah. So I knew, I knew the North American championship was happening uh, last year in 2021 and they were hosting it in Alabama. So it was a big deal. It was like the first time our States hosted a North American meet. 
And so it was like, and you know, powerlifting has always been a little intrinsic for me. Just I'll be honest, it's a little bit of a swag because most people just don't wake up and do it because it's just hard. The training's just hard. Um, and the competition is just hard. But I was always like, I just want to do something that's just a little bit bigger than myself. I want to do something, um, you know, because most people aren't waking up and, and challenging, them, challenging themselves in unique ways. Whether you're a golfer or whatever your sport is, you can still have that swag where it's like, I want to I do something that just other people aren't doing. And, you know, the impetus behind it was, um, you know, with the North American meet being in my home state, um, the powerlifting community here is awesome in our state. And it's like, I'm on the North American level. I'm competing with a lot of my friends and that community. So it's like, I need to really have a, I need to have a plan in order to achieve my goal. Like I just, I didn't want to walk into 2021, um, not having something to keep me on track to do something just a little bit bigger than myself. So it was personalized to me. I'm like, uh, like, I'm like, okay, Roger, step out, step out of your skin. And then you coach you, Roger, this is what you need to do this year. And I just, I, I just penned it out and I looked at it, marinated on it. And then I'm like, I see five things that just all elite athletes have. And then I'm like, you know, here's five things I don't hear much about, but they just resonated with me. And that was it. Like once I kind of figured it out, then it was like, all right, let's, let's roll. And um, I used that model last year to help me, but it was really kind of birthed out of that intrinsic desire to just do something, you know, cause most people just don't wake up with to do that. And that's why, you know, I love being on these calls with you guys because we're all kind of wired that way. We, we just want to do something a little bit bigger than ourselves. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. I think uh, one thing that I'm really taking away from your story that keeps coming out is you see the you see what you want to achieve, whether it's going to be the North American Championship or whether it's going to be a drive chip and putt championship or whether it's going to be the world, whatever it's going to be for you. And then you just take that initial step. And I love that brick analogy, man, because you can kind of see that in your mind. You can see a house kind of being built as you as your hand moves across the screen. And, and that really resonates with me because it is just one step at a time. I mean, you can't eat an elephant unless you eat it one bite at a time, right? You'll get it down. It's going to take you a while, but you can eat an elephant one bite at a time. So I really, that's, that's a, I like that analogy. So Thank I really you. appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I want to just follow up with that. Um, if you're anything like me, I get really discouraged when it's not moving fast enough. Sometimes I'm probably the most impatient person um, there is on this call. Like I, I'm, I get so hard on myself and I see the big gap between um, where I need to be, where I see myself and where I'm currently at. And and that's where I introduce and, and always remember Puck. Jisung or Jisung Park on, on the Korean national soccer team, where he's this, he's like a, a hero in, in the Korean, you know, in Korea, he's a hero. He's a legend soccer player that got transferred over to Manchester United. And I always remember him because he lost all his confidence and he tanked and mm -hmm. he was in a slump and he was at practice 
And all he was doing was just kicking it to his teammate, you know, 15 feet in front of him, just, just lobbing it and kicking it and passing it. And because he got it straight into his teammate's foot, he would pat himself on the back. He said, good job, Jisong, good job. You see, you can do it. And, and that to me is that analogy of brick by brick, where I, I constantly, I say this all the time. And I say this to myself more than anyone is pursue after progress, not perfection. A lot of times our rounds are not going to go the way that we expect or our shots are not perfect. Our swing is not perfect. A lot of times it's scrappy. It's really just, you're just uh, gritty and scrappy. You're hitting in the trees, you're punching out and getting up and down or um, you know, you're not hitting your drive well, so you're in the rough and you have to punch out and then you may make a bogey here or there, but you're just grinding and you're, you're, you're getting, you're playing scrappy, but it's the process. It's the pursuit of progression. I'm getting better. I'm, I'm just improving little by little brick by brick, as opposed to I'm perfect or I'm striving for perfection because there is no there is no perfection. Yeah. I mean, we can look at tiger and he's still changing his swing. You know, it's just, it's constantly evolving and changing and, and adapting. And I think if we can continue to think about that brick by brick by brick and, and let go, we know the house that we're trying to build, but just focus right here. And I put this brick down and I try to make it as, as beautiful and as straight as possible. And then I lay the second brick. And then I, and then you just focus on one inch at a time. Uh, Justin Sua, yeah, and Roger, you and I know him. Uh, he wrote, he put this, his, he's a sports psychologist and he, he put this little image on social media where there's on one side, there's a, a ladder where there's huge gaps, like 10 to 50 to 100. And you saw this, this guy, this animation trying to grab the other one trying to jump over to the 50 and the 100 and there's another one on the right side where it's just it intervals of 10 little tiny steps but this person on, on taking little tiny steps had momentum and was gaining a lot more momentum and was going a lot faster even though the steps were smaller rather than trying to jump and leap over to these big steps so we break it down just do little by little brick by brick and I think that's another message that we all take away from you, Roger.